We all know people who do too much of a good thing. Workaholics, exerciseaholics, um, foodaholics. But are you a momaholic? Now, before you get all judgmental, think about it. Too much of a good thing can lead to being a bad thing. But you're like, how can momming too much be a bad thing? It's just loving our kids and wanting the best for them. Well, if you're getting, if you're feeling burnt out or stressed or your energy is low, there may be a reason. So listen in. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book, because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hey, and welcome back to Her Restored Spirit Podcast. My name is Tammy, and I'm your host. And today, are you a momaholic? Is it a superpower? Is it your, or is it something that kind of keeps you outwardly focused. So aholic, everyone knows aholics and they're all typically negative, right? So that's what I want to ask you today. Are you a momaholic? Do you mom to the point of not actually taking care of yourself? And we know alcoholics drink to the point where they need to drink. Um, drug addicts, drugaholic, We'll just go with it. Um, but they need the drugs. Workaholics. We know we so this is when you think aholic, you think negative, right? Have you thought of how you mom? And are you a momaholic? I think I was. I think I was. And when the kids are different ages, they need you in different ways. But as they grow up, how you interact with them, how you, you work with them needs to change, right? How much time they need of yours changes. They still need you. As toddlers, as babies, you are their everything. And then as toddlers, you're directing as um, like school age, they still need you to be there and listen and, and well, and nowadays, if I add up how much time I spend taking my kids to their activities, I spend more time driving them to their activities than I do working. It's a second full-time job. And honestly, having my own business, there are times that taking them to their things 
has taken precedent over things that I need to do. It's not a bad thing, but is it a good thing? Now, I'm all for, I'm all for taking kids to what they need to do and having them do activities and sports and groups and, and everything. But I was thinking about it and I've been thinking about time a lot. I'm actually reading a book about time, the scientific, not time, rest. I'm reading a book about rest and the science behind rest. And it's fascinating. Who knew a seven hour book about rest could be so fascinating? But it is, at least to me. But as I was reading about rest, I was thinking of my needs. What do I need to do to rest? And I talked before about if you work with your hands, you rest with your, your mind. If you work with your mind, you rest with your hands. So I've been trying to like play into that balance. Like if I, because I work with my mind a lot. So my rest time is still like prepping dinner, making lunches, um, going on a walk. This, this book was talking about how important walks are. And I'm sure I'll, when I understand the science behind it a little bit more, I'll go into that. But the rest of, you know, balancing the, the ins and outs of things. And I believe that that's for kids too. If we're always go, 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 and we're so busy. I don't know about your kids. My kids avoid silence. They avoid rest. They avoid, well, they love to rest. I mean, it's almost 10 AM and they're still sleeping. Um, gotta love teenagers, but they avoid being bored. And I learned that even when you're at rest, your brain is actually only working like 10% less than it is when you are in like active mode for whatever you're doing. 10%. So if you're reading, your, your brain is still contemplating and your subconscious is still working on whatever your hands-on task that you were doing. If you're like, say um, you're writing, right? And your brain is still, and you're, you're a writer and you have like a plot twist that you're trying to figure out. While you're folding laundry, while you are going on a walk, your subconscious brain is still working on that as well. So even at rest, but it gives yourself that time, that self that subconsciousness to go through and work out some issues. That's why when you're sleeping, you can like solve the world's problems, right? How many times have we woken up with a solution to one of our problems? That's because our brain is still working very actively. It's never really at rest. It's just a different shape. So what does this mean for momaholics? We need things for ourselves. Your life should not completely revolve around your kids. I know that that's going to be a, well, some of you are going to say amen, sister. And some of you are going to be like, yeah, I don't believe that. I only have them for 18 years. I want my life to revolve around them. But stay with me because how often, how often are things decided for you? Like how often does the world revolve around you as an adult? 
How often does your family revolve around you as an adult? How often do you revolve around you? Does your world revolve around your needs as an adult? So why are we teaching our kids that everything should revolve around them? That is my point. My kids, I love them dearly. I've loved them. And I've realized I've made my world revolve around them a little bit too much. I've made it a little bit too easy for them and not, they haven't struggled enough. Emotionally, those kids have struggled more than most. However, as in like problem solving, it was, they were trying to get something out of the, out of the garage, right? Trying to get something out of the garage. My car was in the way. Less than two minutes after I asked them to go get this thing, they're like, there's no, it's, there's no way, no way possible. I don't know how to do it. It's, it's, it's stuck. It's not possible. And I asked them, I'm like, okay, so what can we do here? Knowing that a simple, Hey mom, can you move the car? Is all that's needed or moving the things around the, the box The like, it's a little bit more work because it's the, the box that has like all sports things, just shifting that slightly which they could do together, pulls the cooler right out. But instead, it's impossible. They didn't need, they needed me in that moment to fix their problem. So instead of fixing it, because I knew all I needed to do is move the car out three feet. They could get it easily. They could ask me and I would do it. But instead it was impossible. That was an eye-opening moment for me. When my 14 and 12 year olds could not see any solutions, any solutions, there was multiple solutions there. And yet none of them, and they've tried everything. It's like, you, two minutes, you're out two minutes. And that's when I'm like, okay, they need to struggle a little bit more. They need to problem solve. I need to not solve the problem quickly because it's the easiest thing to do, but I need to let them have that, that, that time to go through and solve their own problems. Will they do it like I do it? No. Will they do it like, will they do it right? No. Will they do it perfect? No. Will they achieve their goal? Not always, but hopefully more and more and more they will. But as moms, if we solve all the problems, if we mom so well, that they can't do anything on their own? Is that really our goal? So that's what I was thinking about. And what, what is our role as a mom? What do I want to say about myself when the kids are out of the house, about how I mommed? What do I want the kids to say? that I took care of all their needs and met everything, met their every challenge, every demand, and that they had a great childhood and yet they can't actually do anything on their own? Do I want them to be so independent that they don't need me anymore at all? Secretly, not really. But there's a, there's a beauty in that about not needing you, but that wanting you and that switch from 
parent-child, parent-friend that happens when they're out of the house, when they understand that everything that you did that led up to them being that adult was to help train them to be the adult. And there's, there's a new respect that all of a sudden they understand that you weren't trying to make their heart, their life harder or more difficult or more challenging or unfair or mean or um, intolerant. Like I, my mom, my son calls me um, that I'm the most intolerant parent. And then I'm, what, a, what is another word he used? Anyway, if it comes to me, I'll tell you because he, these words that are like hard hitting and, and like inflexible. I'm overprotective parent. I am an, I am a protective parent, but I also let them do try things on their own. But if we mom so hard that we become momaholics and we we need them to need us, is that really serving them in the best way? So that's what I mean by is it really a superpower to be a momaholic, to mom so hard that everything's done? And again, it's a progression. If you have little ones, you do need to be more hands-on. But as they grow up, you have to be more hands-off and just be emotionally connected to them. Be a listening ear. Be a sounding board. Allow them to struggle. Allow them to struggle. Because if they don't struggle now, when I have the safety net right there, when I am right there and nothing that they can do right now is detrimental, nothing. There's nothing that they can do outside of like really hurt themselves. But everything, as we know, because their, their realm, their responsibility, the things that they can affect is really small. Even if they do something illegal at this point, at this point, like illegal, the, the worst possible thing, like it can still be covered up. Like it still can be fixed. It's not finite. It's not going to go on their permanent record and decide for them. Okay. There are things that are, but let's, let's, you know, on average, let's, our kids aren't that um, dominant or whatever, or that creative. But at this point, you have the ability to be that safety net. When they go away, that's going to be a lot harder to do. So releasing that, giving them that space, letting them try and fail. First attempt in learning, failing. First attempt in learning. Is there really a failure at this point? Because they're learning about themselves. They're learning about the environment. They're learning about the world. They're learning about what they're, they, their strengths and their weaknesses. They're learning about their preferences. They're learning about their environment by trying things and succeeding or failing. And really those are not opposites, succeeding or quitting. My kids quit. It's so frustrating to me, so frustrating. That's not something that I've ever really done is quit. And they do so easily because they don't know how to struggle well. They don't know how to try things. So that is this year. This is my one of my goals for, for them, for me, is to step back a little bit. And instead of just jumping in and doing it and solving the problem, 
being that momaholic that gets my, my, I just do it because it's easy. It's best. I, I love it. And I'm the best at it. I know what the needs are. I know what the outcome needs to be. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to step back. And I'm going to be that guide, that, that sounding board that, hey, what do you think we should do in this situation? Kind of mom. And with that, have your own identity outside of being a mom. Why is this not selfish? Because it shows them, it shows your kids that being an adult is not all work. That once they have a family, they don't lose themselves. That there's something to look forward to. There's something that they can, they get to know you. They see your preferences, the things that you love to do, things that you're good at. Go and play. Go and just get in touch with who you are and watch how the kids interact with that. Because then all of a sudden they see you more as a person and not just a mom who's all up in their business. This is something over the last year-ish that I have done. Um, I've met with, you know, I have my I have my breakfast club on Friday mornings, and we haven't met in the last couple of weeks because school's out. It's a lot harder. It's all really hot outside because usually if, when school's out, we'll meet at a park or something where the kids can come hang out. And it's a lot harder to do. But I have that. My kids know that I I don't give that up. That's so if they need something, they should have talked to me beforehand outside of going to the doctor for an emergency. I don't miss that because it's for me. It fills my cup. It helps me. We talk about things that we like to do and fun things that we can do. We go have girls nights. We have all these things. Having your own identity outside of being a mom enhances your ability to mom. That's what changes you from being a momaholic to an amazing mom who can have it all. You just have to define what all really looks like for you. My kids are 12 and 14. I can leave them. They, I don't need a sitter anymore. I can go out for a couple hours with my girlfriends and enjoy the time. I can go to the movies without them. Most of them I don't tell them until I come back because they don't, they don't need to come to everything. But then I also get to do things with them. And then they want to do things with me. Cornhole. We play a lot of cornhole as a family. It's something we're all good at. We all like to do. It's, it's fun. That's something that if I didn't start doing that and started playing like that, I, they would not know that they could do too that it was fun for the three of us to do that together. That's our triple F, our forced family fun time. We'll usually play a game of cornhole, best two out of three or, or whatever, or bocce ball or something, something, board games. We, we love board games. But having identity outside of being a mom helps you be a stronger mom. You're more in touch with your preferences, what you like, what you dislike, things that light you up, things that drain you, because there's more things in life that can light you up than just those, those mom things. There's more things that can drain you than just those mom things. Mom is my most important 
ministry, my most important purpose. However, I've, no, I've watched my relationship with the kids change. We talk about things other than parenting and me guiding them. I'll ask, I'm like, I've been reading this. What do you guys think about it? And, or like, just, it gives you that identity that they're like, oh, she's a person. Also by limiting, by not being fully present for them all the time. They don't take me for granted as much. They still do. They're 12 and 14. They are so self-centered right now that it, it's mind-blowing. Developmentally, that's where they should be, right? But when I know like, oh no, Friday mornings, it's that's a block time. That's a mom time. I'm sorry. I'm a, that's a Tammy time, really, because I go and I get to not be a mom for a few minutes. So what could that do for you? What kind of mom, what kind of life do you want to model for your kids? Do you want to model that the only thing you do is take care of other people and that that is what life is all about? Or do you want to do it in a way that's also makes it fun, that it's not draining? I hope I'm explaining this right. I hope that I, I hope you're getting this, that it's okay to have a, a life, have a personality, have an identity outside of your kids. That is part of thriving. That is part of stepping into who you were called to be. Because if you take care of you, you can take care of your kids better. By having your own identity outside of the kids, they get to see you. They get to see you work. They get to see you play. They get to see you be you. And they have something to, to model what it's like to be an adult. A few years ago, um, we were, no, it wasn't even a few years ago, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Anyway, time's not important here, but we were driving and my daughter's like, I don't want to learn to drive, which how many 16 year olds right now are not driving? She's like, yeah, why would I want to drive when I, all you have to do is look at the road all day and listen to your podcasts. I get to sit and I get to um, watch TV. I get to read. I get to, you know, it's more fun. I'm like, oh dear, got to cut that off because um, mama needs you to drive. But realizing that I was not modeling that independence, that what, that, that freedom that you get from having that talent, having that skill, having that car. And so we started talking about, well, when you get a car, when you can drive, when you can have that freedom, we, we talked about the next step. And that was one of the things that like hit me with. And then the other, the other thing too is, oh, that be an adult. I don't want to be an adult. It's boring. All you have to do, all you do is work all day. And which we do work a lot. Cause I mean, whether it's work, work, housework, yard work, all of those things. We do have a lot of things, but by having identity, I've realized that playtime is so important as well. So don't be a momaholic. Don't throw yourself so much into being a mom that you lose yourself in it. You want to model for your kids what a thriving life is. That work is work, sure. 
but actually that can be fun too. And it's fulfilling and it's rewarding and it's not draining for the most part that you can be rewarded and compensated. And with that, you have freedom, you have flexibility, you have time, you have resources, how they go together. But if all you do is take care of your kids and you don't have an identity outside of them and you're, you do that so well, what are you showing them? What are you teaching them? What are you guiding? What are you modeling for them? And I like to ask, just ask yourself this. It's like, okay, what do I want? What do I want to say at the end of my motherhood? And we're never, and like motherhood never ends. What do I want my kids to say? I want them to be confident and independent and caring and serving, compassionate. I want them to be brave. So if that's my goal, then I need to give them opportunities throughout this 18 years, this four and six years that I have left. I need to give them that opportunity to find ways for them to be brave, for them to be, um, you know, figure out those things when they, to struggle because we know that resistance produces growth. And if I have to go through resistance in order to grow, removing all the resistance for the kids is not causing them to grow. It's not like giving them the opportunity to grow. So that's what I have. Now, I talk about having identity, um, which I think it's so important for multiple reasons. But I have a workshop coming up check the dates coming and check the dates on the, um, on the website. Are you ready to stop wasting time and thrive now? Time is going to pass, whether you experience it, whether you recognize it, whether you feel it, whether you are um, ready for it or not. What would it look like if you were thriving in every moment of your life? The circumstances, because Life doesn't wait for us to, to catch up or to get ready or like, okay, let me just go through this hardship and then life will be good because I don't know about you, but it's a struggle. Life, 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 life. And if I don't choose to thrive, if I don't choose to be content and happy, happy, like right now, then when, when is going to be the time? I'll wait until it's the right time to be happy, to thrive. So many women, I see the possibilities, the opportunities for them to thrive right where they are, no matter what they're going through. And the fact that when you do that, you then can decide how the the circumstances, the the hardship, the trials you're going through, you you get to decide how it's going to affect you. So come to my workshop, 30, 45 minutes, depending on questions and how the discussion goes, because it's live. So it's not pre-recorded. It's not a canned speech that I, that I give. It is actually, let's talk about three things, three secrets to unlocking your desire to win the day. Because if you win today, then you can win tomorrow. You can win next week. You win next month. Then all of a sudden you set your life up around thriving and being happy and joyful and having the experiences 
and really living your life now instead of waiting for one day it to happen. So sign up. I can't wait to see you there. Check out my Instagram, at Tammy Marie Coaching, my Facebook, at Tammy Marie Coaching, my website, TammyMarieCoaching.com, kind of seeing pattern there. Check out more on my podcast, Her Restored Spirit, and my upcoming YouTube page, which is probably where you're watching this right now. But if you haven't subscribed, please do. Also, one last plea, one last favor. If if my podcast or videos have helped you in any way, if you can go to Apple Podcasts and just leave me a five-star review, what this does is it helps other people, other women like you, see that this is valuable. See that, oh, if if there's this many reviews, if there's this the algorithm will actually show up, this, this podcast will show up more often in, excuse me, when they do keyword searches. So if you can leave me a five-star review, it really means a lot to me. Tell me what, like, tell me what you, what resonated or tell me what you want to hear more of. Cause I read all of them and I take notes on what's, what people, um, what's resonating, what's not, what people are wanting to hear. If there's something you want to hear or know about, send me a message, DM me. And chances are, um, chances are I can make it my next podcast. I can do a video on it. I can talk to you one-on-one about what your next steps are or how to overcome this trial that you're going through. All right. I've made this long enough. With that, thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now.